0: Have you ever been impressed with geese? I have. Geese impress me. Have you ever stood in awe and watched the geese fly in their V formation, sometimes a thousand miles plus? honking their way north or south. That to me is impressive. Now I'll admit to you, there's a few geese in our neighborhood that sometimes think they have the right-of-way across the road. But for the most part, geese are impressive to watch. I'm told that they increase their flight range over 70% 70% get that, by flying the way they fly. In other words, if they choose to fly individually, it's going to take them 70% longer. That's, that to me is significant. I'm told, I, I read, that the, the flap of the wing creates an updraft for the next one, behind it, and they alternate uh, taking the lead, and I didn't know this, but the ones in the the rear do the honking. I was not aware of that. I'm not sure I got close enough to them to figure that out, but um, I guess the ones in the back do the honking, and maybe if we could interpret goose language, it would go something like this. Thank you. Good job. I'm behind you, great updraft, I'm not sure. So the next time you see a V formation of geese, just take a minute and stop and be impressed. And maybe you'll even think about this, a few thoughts that I have to share this morning. I didn't say I'm impressed with a goose, I'm impressed with geese. I don't know, even the word sounds more polished. Goose, geese. Maybe that's just me. Bees and ants also would provide great illustrations and examples on working together. But I'm going to choose to leave them out of the sermon this morning and just uh, highlight the geese. I titled the message this morning... Encouragement for the team. And I'd like to take the text from Romans 16. So if you would please take your treasured copy of the inspired Word of God and turn with me to Romans 16. Kind of an interesting passage, but that's the text that I would like to look at this morning. Perhaps you have, you have seen the acronym... Together, everyone accomplishes more. T-E-A-M. Team. Encouragement for the team this morning. And I would like to share four points. And I have to give credit to Brother Todd Wonder. I don't know if any of you know him, but I was privileged to get to know Brother Todd in Grenada. When we spent two months in Grenada with the Laura Congregation, Todd came to share with us a week of revivals, And here in my Bible, I have, in the little blank section after Romans 16, I have four points that I gleaned from Brother Todd. And I'm going to use them, almost verbatim, not quite. The four points that I'm going to share with you are the value of team members. Value. They alliterate with the letter V. Secondly, vigilance. The vigilance needed in a team. Thirdly, victory, the victory of a team. And fourth and lastly, vision, vision of the team. So that's what we're going to look at this morning, encouragement for the team. And I think it's an appropriate time to stop and talk about team because it's a very significant day of our team. If I could use that word team in place of our local body, our church, our team, a very significant day in light of calling uh, another leader to the leadership team. But we are all part of this wonderful team of Christians at Town. So, join me in chapter 16, verse 1. I'm going to read the first 16 verses. And here we are going to cover the value of team members. Uh, bear with me, those of you that... Think modern names are difficult to pronounce and spell, try Romans 16 1 to 6 Romans 16, 1 to 16. So we've got about 24 names that are some of them are, are a, a bit difficult to for me to pronounce. But sometimes you read over passages of scripture like this, and we forget the significance of this passage. I am convinced that the Holy Spirit has these 16 verses here. Uh, for, for a very important reason, after this beautiful doctrinal book of Romans. So, chapter 16, Romans, verse 1. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Sancria, that you receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that you assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succor or helper of many, and myself also, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Jesus Christ, who have for my life laid down their necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epapenitus, who is the firstfruits of Achai unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampius, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and stay. My beloved, salute Apelles, approved in Christ. Salute them which are of Aristobulus' household. Salute Herodonian, my kinsman. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Salute Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labour in the Lord. Salute the beloved Perses, which laboured much in the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Salute Asynchreus, Phlegion, Hermas, Patrobus, Hermas, and the brethren which are with them. Salute Philoges, and Julia, and Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints which are with them. Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Okay, I'm going to stop reading there. Got through it. So modern names, I guess, aren't too difficult after all. I'd like to make a few observations of what the passage that I just read. I'm going to share four points. I'm going to basically share a few observations that I have from each point. What I just read... I gathered 24, at least, individual names that are listed. That's interesting. Paul is obviously writing to a church, a local body of believers at Rome. And he names 24 individual people. Now, we do know that faith is very personal. I get that. I understand that. I hope I always preach that. Faith is very personal. You cannot... Uh, bank on your personal salvation corporately faith is very personal but I am convinced that the faith that you personally have as a believer and your own personal relationship with the Lord it is lived out it cannot be isolated. It is lived out in the context of relationship. So I guess like James says, you prove to me your faith by your works, I think it's fair to say you prove your personal faith by the context of your relationships. So what I see here is a group of people that Paul is blessing and 24 people that are, that are noted. Another observation that I made is that there is several women that, are, that are, are noted. And i just like to make a special point of that. Women have an incredible role in the church. Women are not called to lead. Women are not called to be the head. Women, are, uh, women have an incredible place of importance and significance in the church. And Paul noted that several times. Some of the specific uh, phrases that I caught were a servant of the church. I I, I would rather write my own 16 verses of the Myersdown version, okay? That'd be easier for me to do. it wouldn't be too difficult to over and over and over call out servants of the church. We all know them helper of many, helper of many, risked their lives, their own necks. I'm not quite sure how I would put that into the Town version. Labored much, labored in the Lord. That wouldn't be difficult. Noted among apostles, in other words, Noted beyond, beyond the local church. They're just noted for their service. Their service, I believe, springs from here. And it, is, it doesn't stop here, but it's in the community and, yay, worldwide. A Christian long before me. I could name a... I'm getting small. I'm getting uh, less. But there's many. Approved in Christ. Chosen in the Lord. I don't know, I have just observed in reading these 16 verses, just a, here's a group of 24 plus, probably many more, that had a tremendous devotion and there was a heartfelt relationship. It wasn't just words, it, it, there, was a, there was a heart connection there and there was, that, that was because of real genuine Christian character and that is just so beautiful. And a side note, there are people that believe that Peter was the Pope of Rome. If it was true, Paul missed him. That's team Rome, if I can use that word. But again, i just like to say team, you okay with that term, team Myerstown, for the sake of the title, encouragement for our team, what a blessing to have people that are servants, they serve and they serve and they serve. There are Sunday school superintendents, there are Sunday school teachers, there's Bible school, there's choristers, there's ushers, there's trustees, there's treasurers, there's secretaries, there's library uh, personnel, there's sound system personnel, there's website personnel, various committees that rotate and on and on and on. And I want to tell you something, when, when, when we work together in unity for the cause of Christ and we're going to get to the vision at the last point, I am going to suggest that we will increase our flight range by far more than 70%. Sorry, geese, you're in our rearview mirror. Together everyone accomplishes more. I, I'll confess to you, I have many weaknesses, and one of my weaknesses, I can enjoy a competitive sports game. I just, I really enjoy putting your minds together, come up with a strategy, execute it, and then and, and I enjoy watching it. And I, I believe it's safe to get analogies from, we got to be very careful. I understand, I said it's one of my weaknesses. Sports can become a god faster and more subtly than most people will admit. And in my life, I had to make some radical changes on how I would follow and all of that. But I'm just gonna step over into that arena a little bit and acknowledge that there's a lot of analogies we could get from a team getting together And and executing, or or, or planning well, and executing, and and everybody's in tune with what the decision was made. And I tell you, it can be beautiful. Even Paul uses the athletes as an analogy often. But, if you've ever been to a large sports event, you know, you have 20 people playing the game, and how many people watching? That's where the analogy breaks down, in my opinion. In the church, there is to be no spectators, none, not one. No spectators. All part of a, a team that is carrying out a vision. And everybody's got a different place in that team. If it's football, not everybody can be the quarterback. If it's baseball, not everybody can be the pitcher and so on and so on. But everybody's got an incredible part of the team. And in, in, in the church, it is so important that there is no spectators. And to that I say, join the team. Every team church that I know of welcomes visitors. And we at myers I want to be no exception. Visitors are always welcome. But I don't think... A visitor should be a visitor for year after year after year. Join the team. Everyone is created for more than being a spectator. So, am I part of a team? Maybe more important, and you need to answer it for me. Am I a team player? Are you a team player? That's the first point, and that's the longest point. But I think it's a beautiful point. The value, the value of the team. So God bless the Myerstown team as we strive to be uh, all that God wants us to be. Let's read verses 17 and 19. This one. In the context of blessing and value, he shifts gears just a little bit and he, he calls out a, a warning. He says, now I beseech you, brethren. I'm in verse 17. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that, serve, they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I should have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. We all know the strength of of, uh, unity and the peril or the price of disunity or or division. Let me ask it this way. Do you know anybody that causes divisions in your mind as you look over your lifetime? Do you, would you know anybody that you would say that they have been a divisive person or they have caused offenses? And I don't plan to elaborate much on the point, but I'm just calling our attention to Scripture. We are commanded as a team to do two things. Number one, Mark mark them and that requires vigilance and that requires incredible courage that few of us have and it's i believe it starts on the doctrinal level second command that i find in the scripture my obs- my simple observation is avoid mark and avoid There's probably never been a more pertinent time in history of the church, because information is so available, and I can tune into any voice through the week at my own discretion. None of you ever know it. You can tune into so many voices, and it's just an encouragement for the team to be vigilant, be very vigilant. They're described in verse 18. They they don't serve Jesus, but they're serving their own belly. I don't get it totally. Serving What does it mean to serve your belly? Some people think maybe it has to do with eating too much. I'm not sure. I think it's just all about self. That's what the Bible says they they do. They They don't serve Jesus. They serve their own belly. And here's what else they do. They'll deceive by smooth words and flattering speeches. S- smooth words, flattering speeches. So we just gotta be careful. I remember a man talking about, this is another state of revival, a movement came through his, his town and they had a 50 day revival meeting. That's kind of impressive, right? Anybody into 50 days of revival? That would test the families with small children. This happened 50 days. Spiritual sensitivity soared in that village. There was more prayer. It was an organized event. They had prayer teams, and my friend's comment was spiritual sensitivity soared. Finally, he himself was just. Something's missing. So he, either himself or someone else, got together with the leader of the movement and said, I just got a question. Appreciate a lot of what you're doing, but I'm curious if you have any comment as to when you will get to the doctrine of self-denial, taking up the cross, and literally following Jesus. His words: If I would preach that, two thirds of the people would leave. Sometimes it's not what it's not what is being taught, but what is not being taught. Verse nineteen says we need to be very. Or I I made an observation in verse nineteen that that we should be very jealous over your obedience has come abroad unto all men. Paul's writing to the Romans and he's saying, your obedience is, is getting worldwide recognition, if I can paraphrase that. And then he says, I'm so glad. I'm, so, I'm just so blessed on your behalf. And then he says, I want you to be wise to, the, to that which is good and simple concerning evil. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna make too many comments on that because I don't understand it. What does he mean? Be wise, to good, simple to evil. How can I be simple concerning evil? I'm not sure. I guess here's my here's my uh, my thought. My thought is there's two kingdoms. There's a kingdom of evil and there's a kingdom of of, uh, of, of light and darkness. And everyone has a culture. Everyone has a lingo. There's phrases. There's lingo to both, to, to both camps. And I wonder if Paul's saying it's, kind of, it's okay to be kind of uh, street foolish if I can say it that way. In other words I would I could do a search and find out some popular voices of pop culture and we would of course delve into Hollywood and and uh, Nashville and you know you, you know the origin of the kingdom of darkness and we could bring I, we could we could get some Phrases and, and uh, culture and lingo and so much. And I'm probably not making sense, but did you ever hear a phrase that you had no idea what it meant? You kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and finally you made the connection to some for a movie that somebody talked about. Ah, oh, got it. I have a sneaky suspicion that Paul is saying it's okay to be f- simple concerning evil. But then, if if you were to hear the phrase, yeah, I brought a paycheck home and it had a hole in, I, I put it in a bag that has holes in, that's what Haggai said. I got it! <laughs> I get it! That, that's, that's my country. That's my lingo. That's my culture. That's what Haggai said. If you don't live a life pleasing to God, you'll bring your paycheck home and it's just kind of like putting putting your money into a bag that has holes in it. I don't know if you get my, get my point, but I have a sneaky suspicion that he's, he's uh, referencing being very wise to what's good. And just, it's okay to be simple to the evil. So the, the next point is the victory of the team, and I love it. Verse 20. Join me. This is exciting. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So the victory of the team, we talked about the value of the team members. We talked about the, the uh, what was my last point? The vigil, being vigilant. And now let's just talk about victory just a little bit. Here we clearly see the enemy and the fight. And I want to say this. If, if I understand, if we understand this principle, maybe this will promote team spirit like nothing else. And when when I forget this battle, where the battle really lies, is when I think we lose vision and we lose unity. To understand where the battle really lies, it's Satan. Satan always opposes God's program. You show me God's people carrying out a program that is making a that's having an effect, I will show you somebody in the shadows making plan after plan after plan to attack God's people. It happens. It happens all the time. I remember a church from the West talking about, we served with a couple that... Uh, on the mission field that was so excited about their church. I mean, their church was doing so much, sending people abroad and somebody said, are you prepared for the battle that that, that this will cause? And it, fast forward five years, and it was an incredible, intense, internal battle. Satan Hates God's people and God's program. He always has and he always will. Somebody say, no, he won't. He will not always do that. He will not always oppose God's program and God's people. His time is limited. It's short. Unfortunately, earth has become his battleground, but today it's 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 in the church. And after receiving a crushing blow at Calvary to his head, he still is so uh, effective, I can say, or, or active in carrying out his fight. I heard about a missionary couple, and I think I shared this illustration before, how uh, a missionary couple was serving in, in a tropical jungle, and a large snake slithers into the kitchen, and they, get, they panic, they run outside, and they call for a native. A native goes in, he takes a machete, one slice decapitates, the snake. And then the the native goes out and says, now be careful, be careful. That snake really don't know he's dead. He's going to thrash and thrash and thrash all day long. You don't go in there until you hear the thrashing totally stop. And exactly what happened, apparently a snake's neurology and blood flow uh, takes a long time for it to stop. And finally, after wreaking much havoc and breaking furniture and the snake died. Satan, that old serpent, that's who he is. But he's defeated. Sometimes you watch a competition and you wonder who's going to win. It's not a question. It's not. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. And I'm not sure what all that implies. Under your feet. But we know that Satan will be defeated. But He, for the time, definitely puts up a fight. Lastly, the vision of the team, verses 21 through 27. Timothy, my worker, my fellow worker, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sassipater, my kinsmen salute you, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you, and the Lord Gaius, my host of the whole church, salute you, Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, salute you, Cortus, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of the faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So that's the wrap up. And I think Paul is basically saying, There it is, there's your vision. And we got eight people behind you. He names eight people that basically are, are, are saying, God bless you. I'm behind you. He talks about the grace of God being behind you, behind them. And then he said, he, he makes reference in verse 25 and 26 to the preaching. The preaching, the proclamation of the gospel. And how far-reaching it is, look at verse 26, it says, "Be made known to all nations the obedience of the faith." And I in closing, I would like to say that I believe that that's team vision. and I trust that we here as a team, as a church admirers God, that's our vision. Sometimes I have to stop and ask myself, what am I all about? What am I fighting for? What do I see? That's what I see. That's what we see. The carrying of the gospel, and yes, in our communities, as far as we can, and even somehow to all nations. That's why we're so excited to send people to other parts parts of the world. When it talks about the gospel, I would like to whet your appetite. Maybe sometime this will be a a message. It could be a 10-message series. It could be a 10-point message. But in relation to the gospel that I believe we have a vision to carry, I think we must have an accurate gospel. The gospel, uh, we we hear about watered-down gospels. We hear another gospel. We hear another Jesus. And I would like to suggest that our 10 points of carrying the gospel must include, number one, authority and sufficiency of the scripture. That's the gospel. If, if you take one of these out, I think it's an incomplete gospel. Secondly, accountability and brotherhood, a, a togetherness. That, that's to me, is the gospel. Thirdly, uh, non-resistance, or you could say a love that is willing to suffer even to death. Fourthly, male headship and its twin uh, headship veiling. These are doctrines that are, are adorn the gospel, and I'm excited about this vision. Number five, the permanence of marriage. It's a beautiful part of the gospel. Six, modesty, not only in dress, but also in lifestyle. To me, that is a beautiful part of adorning the gospel. That was six. Seven, creationism, sanctity of life. Number eight, holy living, included, including uh, moral purity. Number nine, lordship, salvation, and its twin, which is number 10, discipleship. In other words, not just asking Jesus into your heart, but uh, just a simple lifestyle of following Jesus. And to me, that's exciting. To me, that's vision. That is what I plan to spend the rest of my life doing. Taking, that, taking the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, not a watered-down gospel, but a gospel that is pure in essence by the authority of the scripture to wherever God leads us as a team. And to me, that's exciting, and that's vision. So value, there's no way I can put into words how valuable the team members are. Vigilant, let's just together arm around each other Let's watch together. Let's be very vigilant. And while we're watching carefully, let's just have that note of victory and the corporate vision that can flow through us as we march forward like an army into uncharted waters wherever God might take us. I am excited. And hopefully that is encouragement for the god bless you let's all stand together i'll have a closing prayer i was intentional to try to get finished early so we can have some time to get rested up and hopefully we can all be back this afternoon at 2 30 after the prayer philip do you have a song or course that you can lead us in father in heaven thank you so much for the team thank you for being our captain Thank you for the captain of our salvation, Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would somehow, in a supernatural way, use this encouragement to make us incredible team players for the cause of the kingdom. Father in heaven, will you somehow use this encouragement to to make us alert and watch? And somehow, Lord... Help us to just see and smell and taste the victory. And Father, give us vision. Bless our afternoon service in an incredible way. Would you please dismiss us with your blessing? In Jesus' name, amen.